Well, we're coming around the bend here on Washington Watch, final segment for the week, and we're glad you're listening. Evan Fowler, I'm sitting in here for Tony Perkins. I'm with Bot Radio Network, and I'm glad to be here with you. Well, as we discussed yesterday, if you happen to be listening, concerned parents flooded a school board meeting Monday after a kindergarten teacher introduced her students to transgenderism. Well, isn't kindergarten where you're supposed to do that? Good grief. you got to start them early. Well, she did it, and she ins- she did it without parental notice. I wonder why. Well, now another parent at the same school is outraged. Her child was sent to the principal's office for, quote, misgendering a male classmate who now identifies as a girl. We have gone absolutely nuts, have we not? Well, let me give you a little background in case you weren't listening yesterday. And by the way, you can go back and listen to yesterday's program and others if you go to frc.org slash radio. Our archives there. You can also subscribe to the podcast like I do. But anyway, let's pick this up. That August 21st meeting was packed with parents struggling to comfort their scared and confused children. The teacher, who was not named, told students one of their classmates was a girl trapped in a boy's body which to me sounds a bit like the invasion of the body snatchers, does it not? One concerned mother told CBS Sacramento, quote, my daughter came home crying and shaking, so afraid she could turn into a boy. I don't blame her, but, you know, all seriousness aside, uh, what are we doing to these kids? The, 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 the impact that's having on those children. You know, it reminds me of a scripture that talks about hanging a millstone around the neck of people who do this kind of thing to children. And God's not kidding about that. So they best be aware that, that uh, you know, there's going to be an eternal consequence for this kind of foolishness. Let me go on here. The controversial incident occurred June 7th at Rockland Academy Gateway, a public charter school near Sacramento. A male kindergartner asked his teacher to read a book titled I Am Jazz to the class. Co-written by biologically male teen Jazz Jennings, the book describes how jazz, quote, transitioned from a boy to a girl. After the teacher read the book to the class, the male student changed from his, quote, boy clothes into his girl clothes. The teacher then instructed students to use the boy's new girl name. Later, when one mother asked what happened, the teacher told her to ask your child. Rockland Academy Superintendent Robin Stout recently told parents details of what transpired in the June 7th class that they can't be shared with parents to protect student confidentiality and safety. Now, the school has reportedly threatened students with a trip to the principal's office if they fail to call the biologically male child by a female pronoun and name. I'm already totally confused. Well, anyway, with us now is Jonathan Keller, CEO of the California Family Council. Welcome to a confused Eben Fowler on Washington Watch. Hi, Evan. Uh, thanks for having me, and I, I apologize. Uh, the confusion is evident not just in this story, but across the state and nation. It's just trying to keep the pronouns straight, frankly, is baffling. I, I don't know how adults are supposed to keep track of this, much less five- and six-year-old children. You know, I want to make it clear. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody here or uh, pick on anybody here. In fact, uh, you know, I, uh, I want you to help us out a little bit. There, are, there, is in some, there are some rare cases of gender dysphoria and confusion, and there's some biological things that go on. Separate that from, from all of this other stuff, if you would. Help us out with that first. 
Well, absolutely. So first off, we do need to clarify, um, when we have been testifying at California Family Council in the legislature in Sacramento, one of the first things we warn people and we remind people is that as Christians, as followers of Christ, every single person in this country and around the world is created in the image of God. That's every right. Every single person, every person deserves dignity and respect, no matter what they're sex attraction, whether they are struggling with gender dysphoria, just like you said, Evan, no one should ever be mocked, no one should be bullied or harassed, but at the same time, it's very important that we don't try to solve something by actually making it worse, and sadly, I think that's what happened here. I, you know, I don't think that this teacher necessarily is a, is a bad person. I don't think she was trying to traumatize these students. But that was the effect of what happened when you have a child, a five-year-old little boy, who has been known as a little boy, who has acted like a little boy, who has dressed like a little boy for the entire first year of his school life. For the entire first year of kindergarten, he dressed as a boy, presented as a boy. And on the second to the last day, the teacher and this little boy's parents decided that it was the right time for this gender reveal where he went to school dressed as a boy, and some point during the day after reading that book called I Am Jazz, the little boy went into the bathroom and came out dressed in a dress with little pink shoes, and now the teacher instructed those classmates to call this little biological male child a girl. And, you know, my wife and I are expecting our first child uh, September 1st, and all I am just I'm just thinking of all my friends that have kids that are four, five, six years old, the level of confusion, the level of fear and trauma that would be associated with telling them you are not the way God created you, but you could actually be a little boy trapped in a girl's body or a little girl trapped in a boy's body. I mean, Evan, the, the level of uncertainty, the level of fear and um, confusion that sows in an entire class, it, it's really disturbing, especially when it's coming from our public schools with no notice and no consent from parents. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, um, I, I assume you'll agree it's millstone time here for some of these these uh, adults, so-called adults, who are misleading children. And as you say, a five-year-old is very pliable. They're they're very you you know you can convince them of all kinds of things. And books like that, I you know I'm not familiar with this book. I am jazz, but I I'm I'm going to guess that it has a fairly clear agenda, and that agenda is to try to convince people to to think this way, to think uh, essentially, uh, you know, to make people think that or unsure of what they are or who they are. T- tell us about what the content of that book is, if you're familiar with it. Well, absolutely. Uh, the book, again, was co-written by a biologically male child, and sadly, in our country's, you know, reality TV-obsessed culture, um, TLC, which formerly, you know, had given some some positive shows, they they'd done some some decent reality television in the past. But hopping on the transgender bandwagon, TLC had produced this television show called I Am Jazz, and the book that came out of that, which tells the story of this young biological male, Jazz Jennings, who decided that he was going to transition from a male into a female, and his parents not only encouraged and supported that, but were willing to go so far as to put him forward on national television through this series 
as a model for other, quote-unquote, trans children to follow. And the book essentially tries to normalize the concept that you may not be the way God created you. You may not actually be male or female. You could be this thing called transgender. And you asked earlier about the whole concept of gender dysphoria. Well, up until just a few years ago, the whole concept of being, uh, considering yourself different than what your biology said was known in the psychological psychiatric community as gender dysphoria. And it's only been because of the aggressive efforts of the LGBT movement in the last few years that they have aggressively worked to try to normalize and legitimize what used to be clearly defined and treated as a psychological disorder. Right. And that, yeah, that's my understanding. I mean, the American Psychological Association has removed a number of things uh, kind of down this line from, from their list of pathologies. And now what used to be considered pathological and not normal is, as you say, uh, the attempt is to, to normalize it. Well, well, let me ask you about, uh, since you're out there in uh, the land of fruits and nuts, California, and, you know, some people uh, will make an exception for that. Uh, <laughs> there are a couple of bills, SB 179, and there's also something called Bill 219. Tell us about those and what you're doing about them. Well, absolutely. I, I will say that we're very grateful to be uh, partnered up with Family Research Council, with AFR, and a lot of national groups are good friends also at Alliance Defending Freedom and Focus on the Family. Um, at California Family Council, we serve as the public policy uh, organization for the state, representing the values of men and women of faith in the Capitol. And those two bills, like you said, are just another example of the transgender uh, radical agenda that is attacking families and attacking not just not just gender, but it's really attacking the nature of reality. The first one you mentioned, SB 179, if it passes and is signed by Governor Brown later this year, we would become one of the first states in the nation to allow people to actually pick their gender on their driver's license. If you are a male or a female, you no longer have to identify that way on your driver's license. You can now choose your pronoun and gender of choice, and you can even choose, you can even choose to identify as something called non-binary. Instead of an M for male or an F for female, you would now have an X, which means you don't identify with either gender. And you can imagine how much confusion this is going to sow for state correctional officers, for uh, policemen who are trying to check people when they are pulled over. And that's not to mention the fact of Transportation Security Administration. How do you screen someone who does not identify as either a male or a female? Uh, it really just opens up Pandora's box and a whole amount of craziness. I'm thinking XX or XY might be better, but uh, that's just me. You know, that's the you know, genetic thing. For those of you who have taken genetics, you know what that's about. Well, what about uh, Bill 219? What is it? Or is it part of the same thing? Well, SB 219, it actually is uh, something that we're starting to see, and it, it plays into this case out of Rockland, California as well. Um, we have been sounding the alarm about this since earlier this year. Sadly, this bill would create not only fines, but even potential jail time if you use the wrong pronoun to refer to someone who identifies as transgender. Now, they're being very cautious and, and careful. They're starting this by saying, well, this would only apply 
to nursing homes and old folks facilities, places where senior citizens are living. And look, isn't it more compassionate? If you have an individual in their 70s, 80s, 90s, they identify as transgender, you know, it would be cruel for them to not be treated the way they want to be treated with the pronoun they want. Well, the problem is if you start there, it does not stop there. And already, before this bill has even been passed, we heard out of that same school in Rockland, like you mentioned at the top of the show, children are now being told that they could be sent to the principal's office and maybe even suspended if they do not participate in this fallacy, this fraud of calling a child by a different gender pronoun. And that's what happened. As you mentioned, a young girl at the school who knew the student, the male student who now identifies as female, she called him by his old boy name and by he, and she was sent to the principal's office. Essentially, Evan, this is basically coerced speech, and we are now saying that if you do not use the preferred language of the state, we are going to punish you. And right now it's just being sent to the principal's office, but as I said, at the level of adults and nursing homes, you could actually be facing a $2,500 fine and even up to six months in jail for using a biologically correct pronoun if it is not what the person wishes to be known by. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's just nuts. Just nuts. Well, what? Uh, by the way, we appreciate what your organization is doing and the others that you've talked about. Um, what can... You know, everyday parents and, and Christian leaders do uh, in in response to this kind of thing to kind of to push it back, to hold it back, because it really is. If you if you just look at it even halfway uh, uh, quickly, it, it's nutty. It's it does not make any sense whatsoever. It's an agenda that's being pushed on us big time. So, w- what would you recommend to our listeners that, that they might be able to do as Christians? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first thing I would encourage you to do, uh, you can visit our website, CaliforniaFamily.org. This story is the top of our blog website. We have a detailed article including videos, interviews, and ways that you can educate yourself as a parent, that you can begin to protect your parents, or excuse me, protect your children from this confusion that is coming from our culture, from Hollywood and San Francisco and the mainstream media. The other thing I would encourage you to do, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, share the videos and share the stories that we've presented. And we also would encourage you, as you stay informed, we're going to be working with, again, some of our friends at FRC and at Alliance Defending Freedom on some model school board policies. You know, I realize some of your listeners have kids in public school, some are private school, some are homeschool. But this is something that is going to affect everybody because even if, even if we don't have kids in public school, those kids that are there are eventually going to grow up and graduate and become voters. So it's incumbent upon us to be salt and light. It's up to us to lovingly speak the truth, but boldly speak the truth. And that's that's what we're working to do with our friends and allies across the country. I love that balance, uh, lovingly and boldly. Uh, You know, Christ would have us do it that way. And uh, also, you know, uh, you get into a discussion with somebody, uh, Christ would... uh, would encourage you to be that way and ask ask questions ask questions um, and and, uh, and then pray for folks as well well uh, very much appreciate you coming on board with us uh, and you know God bless your work Jonathan thank you so much thanks Evan appreciate it God bless you and your listeners